0: This is the I'm in Love With That Song podcast, and I am your host, Brad Page. Each episode of this show, I pick one of my favorite songs, and we take a closer look at it. I'm not talking about clinical dissection of the song. We're not getting into music theory here. We're just looking at how the song was put together, how it was performed and recorded, what was the history, where it came from. On this episode, we're helping ourselves to a slice of humble pie, with a song called Thunderbox.
1: We'll
0: be right back after this message. The idea of the supergroup became a thing in the late 60s. The first supergroup was probably Cream in 1966. And soon there were a whole bunch of them, some more super than others. Humble Pie was one of the early British supergroups formed in 1969 when Steve Marriott left the Small Faces to start a new band with Peter Frampton, who had just left his band called The Herd. They were both tired of being marketed as teen idols and wanted to be seen as serious musicians. They recruited Greg Ridley, who was playing bass for Spooky Tooth, and one relative newcomer, a 17-year-old drummer named Jerry Shirley. They released their debut album in August 1969. It's a mix of blues rock and acoustic tracks. Interestingly, this is one of the first, probably not the first, but one of the first albums to be referred to as heavy metal. It was in a review in Rolling Stone magazine that heavy metal was one of the terms used to describe this album, though nobody today would listen to this album and think of it as heavy metal. A second album followed that was more acousticky than the first, and to be honest, I'm not really a big fan of those first two albums, but they were exploring, trying to find their sound. It wasn't until their fourth album, called Rock On, that they really hit on a winning formula. next they released a live album called performance Rockin' the fillmore in november 1971 and that was their breakthrough album becoming their first gold record
1: i want to tell you we're not out a gas this time it's really been a gas <laughs>
0: Peter Frampton quit. He was replaced by Clem Clemson from the band Coliseum. With Clem in the band, they continued to move in a heavier direction, and Steve Marriott moved firmly into the spotlight. Next, they recorded an album called Smokin', which was their biggest hit yet, but it also turned out to be their commercial peak. That's Steven Stills singing the background vocals on that track. Hot and nasty. Though they had a solid fan base and sold a decent amount of records, they couldn't compete with bands like Led Zeppelin. And their record company, a and Records, was getting frustrated. Humble Pie responded with a massive double album that was all over the place. One side was all original material, one side was all classic R&B songs, Side three was more acoustic stuff and side four was a full-on rock and live concert recording
1: Black coffee is my name.
0: talked about Steve Marriott on this podcast before, back in episode 54 on The Small Faces and Tin Soldier. Despite being a short, white British kid, Steve Marriott loved R&B music and could belt out a soulful vocal like nobody. He always wanted to have a group of female backing singers in the band, and around this time, he finally got his wish. Vanetta Fields, Clyde King, and Shirley Matthews, who was later replaced by Billy Barnum, became the Blackberries and joined Humble Pie in the studio and on stage. And these women were legit. Vanetta Fields worked with Icantina Turner, recorded with Pink Floyd and the Rolling Stones, just to name a few. Clyde King had been a member of the Raylettes with Ray Charles, and would go on to work with Bob Dylan and Elton John. These singers were the real deal. Unfortunately, that double album fell short of the commercial success of their previous albums, so under pressure, the band returned to the studio to make their next record. They ended up with twelve tracks, only four of them were originals, the rest were covers. It seemed like the band was running out of steam. And let's face it, the drugs and the alcohol were definitely taking a toll. They released that album in February, 1974. It was called Thunderbox. Thunderbox is a slang term from the 17th century for a toilet. That gives you some idea of where the band's heads were at and their sense of humor. The album cover was a wooden door with a die-cut keyhole that you could peek through to see, well, you figure it out. It may be inappropriate and immature, but it's one of my all-time favorite record covers. The song Thunderbox is the first song on the album, and it opens the record with the kind of guitar riff that I am an absolute sucker for. A few seconds of that riff, and I am hooked. Then you add those backing vocals by the Blackberries, and I'm all in. And there's a cowbell because it would be a crime not to put a cowbell here. There's a quick key change higher, which ups the ante. And then Steve Marriott says wait a minute and starts wailing on the harmonica. Harriet is double-tracking his vocal here. He's not trying to duplicate the parts exactly. He's allowing for variation for effect. Now that part there, there's a shift in the groove. Previously, the emphasis was on the backbeats of two and four. One two three four. One two three four. In this section, the emphasis has switched to beats one and three. One two three four. One two three four. It switches back and forth between those two grooves, which really gives it a great feel. Let's listen to that whole section. Someones playing a shaker here. Notice how the backing vocals are following the guitar part here. I love this harmonica lick here. And check out Greg Ridley on the bass here. Here's a great guitar riff and a great vocal by Marion.
1: say you from Dallas
0: Listen to the beat Jerry Shirley is laying down, especially his snare drum work. Listen to the Blackberries doing their thing. Notice how the shaker comes up in the mix just for this little section. Greg Ridley's bass is great through this whole part. BlackBerry's backing vocals are really what makes this section work. And I love the way the whole band works this groove right to the end. The bass and drums, the backing vocals, the harmonica on top, This is what a great band sounds like. Thunderbox
1: by Humble Pie.
0: The album of the same name was a stiff. It didn't even reach the top 50 and sank into obscurity. The band was spent creatively and financially. And when they took some time off to figure out their next move, their manager and record company literally stole a bunch of demos and rough tracks from Marriott's studio and released it as a half-assed album called Street Rats without the band's input. That album was a commercial disaster. The band hated the record, and it ended up being the final nail in the coffin for Humble Pie. They broke up soon after. The years that followed were tough for Steve Marriott. New bands and old reunions came and went, but nothing caught on. Marriott spent most of the 1980s in relative obscurity. Former Humble Pie member Peter Frampton became massively successful, of course, but by the 80s, His star faded, too. In 1990, Frampton reached out to Marriott to see if he'd be interested in working together. It had been almost 20 years since they went their separate ways. But when they reconnected, it clicked right away. They wrote a new song together on their first day back. Marriott joined Frampton in L.A. to continue writing, put a band together, and get a record deal. Everything was falling into place. On April twentieth, 1991, Marriott and his wife flew back to England to wrap up a few things. They arrived home jet-lagged and exhausted, but excited about the prospects. They invited a friend to dinner to celebrate, then they went back to his place after. Eventually, they were too tired to party anymore and crashed at his place. But then Marriott woke up and wanted to go home to sleep in his own bed. So he left his wife behind and took a cab home. He settled into his own bed with a drink and a cigarette. He passed out and then awoke to find the room on fire. With the smoke filling his lungs, he frantically tried to escape, but in a daze he opened the wrong door and stumbled into a closet by mistake and collapsed. That's where the fireman found his body. The fire was caused by that last cigarette. Steve Marriott was 44 years old. Greg Ridley died from pneumonia in 2003 at the age of 56. But Clem Clemson, Jerry Shirley, and Peter Frampton are still alive today. Around my desk where I record this podcast are a few mementos that I like to keep around. One of them is an old promotional photograph of Humble Pie and the Blackberries taken around the time of this album. Things hadn't quite fallen apart for Humble Pie at that point, though the problems were there. But times were good in this picture. Four long-haired white guys and three black women embracing and mugging for the camera. This looks like the band that you want to be in. That'll do it for this episode of the I'm In Love With That Song podcast. I'll be back in about two weeks with another episode. If you'd like to catch up on all our previous episodes, you can find them all on our website, LoveThatSongPodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook. Just search for the I'm in love with that song podcast. You'll find us there. Or you can follow the show on Twitter, along with a bunch of other great podcasts, at PopStaffTweets. This show is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, home to many great music related shows. Be sure to check them out. Thanks for listening. Here's Humble Pie one more time with Thunderbox.